So welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you're here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. So it is in the spirit of that heritage that I say, let us greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Will you say with me the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith? In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Well, for the call to worship this morning, it was a toss-up between the lyrics of Take the Skinheads Bowling or some lyrics from Patti Smith. Since we have Take the Skinheads Bowling inside of us now, We'll go with some Patti Smith. She wins out at this moment. This is from People Have the Power. I was dreaming, in my dreaming, of an aspect bright and fair, and my sleep in it was broken, but my dream it lingered near. In the form of shining valleys where the pure air recognized, oh, and my senses newly opened, and I awakened to the cry. And the people have the power to redeem the work of fools. From the meek, the graces shower, is decried the people rule. People have the power. People have the power. People have the power. People have the power. People sometimes wonder how we do it with people in this room with their beliefs and their practices and their roots coming from all the major world religions, including secular humanism and atheism and neo-paganism. How do we do it? Well, we have things at the center that hold us together. One of those things is our mission, and we wrote it on the wall and we say it every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Well, our reading this morning is a continuation of the same Patti Smith song, People Have the Power. Where there were deserts, I saw fountains. Like cream, the waters rise, and we strolled there together with none to laugh or criticize. There is no leopard and the lamb, and lay together truly bound. Well, I was hoping in my hoping to recall what I had found, While I was dreaming in my dream, God knows a pure view. As I lay down into my sleeping and commit my dream with you. People have the power. People have the power. The power to dream, to rule, to wrestle the earth from fools. But it's decreed that people have the power. Listen. I believe everything we dream can come to pass through our union. We can turn the world around. We can turn the earth's revolution. We have the power. People have the power. The power to dream, to rule, to wrestle the earth from fools. But it's decreed the people rule. But it's decreed the people rule. 
We have the power. May it be so. Now's the time in our service when we breathe together deeply. When we find the center point inside. Like a pot on the potter's wheel, when the wheel spins, if we hold fast to the center, then something beautiful can be made. And we all know our life is spinning. So we breathe together. Let us enter the wise silence, understanding that in this congregation, small child noises and noises of life count as silence. My sons have always loved cussing. I have no idea where they got that. When they were becoming teenagers, I used to let them have a cuss word for each birthday. So when they turned 12, they got to say, crap. And the oldest one, when he turned 12 on that day, he must have said the word 400 times. Mostly with the, um, with tastic tacked onto the back of it. Or load. So you hear that in your mind. All right. So the word for the 18th birthday was the mother of all cuss words. And they were allowed to say it, but not in front of their mother, who never used that word herself. Why am I telling you this? Because today we're talking about punk theology, which means that we need to talk about the punk movement, and there's almost no way to talk about the punk movement without using the mother of all cuss words. So, this is a dilemma for the preacher. Rest assured, I will not be using that word. But I'm from Philadelphia, where there's a huge Italian ethos to the city. And so this hand gesture means just about the same thing. So I will be using this hand gesture instead of the word itself. And then I will add the words that you add if you were ever to use that word like this or that or you. That way we may all survive this sermon with our dignity intact. (laughs) England in the 1970s. You had the Beatles. Then you had the Stones. You had the Tommy Boys, which were like what we would have called in the 50s the Greasers. I was not born yet, so I don't know. Um... But the, the Stones were a lot more like Tommy Boys than the Beatles were. Anyway, then you had Margaret Thatcher closing down all the coal mines. The economy was 
terrible. The youth in the coal mining towns were disenfranchised. They felt like there was nothing for them. If you're in a mining town, your culture depended on the mine and the mine was closed. And this despair was paralleled in many neighborhoods in England, whether coal mining or not. The youth felt like there was nothing to live for. Plus, um, the world was in trouble. And who knew how long it might last? The kids were angry. (laughs) And nobody was going to let them in to the prevailing culture. Plus, they didn't want to be left, let in. That. So they, they created their own world. You didn't have money for um, clothes, safety pin your clothes together. I mean, here, you don't have enough safety pins? You make your whole clothes out of safety pins. Who cares? The big kings of the music scene at the time were Led Zeppelin who were genius. They were genius. But once you have a genius model, you have a lot of people trying to imitate that model, right? And so I don't know how many of you have seen the mockumentary called Spinal Tap, but it was pretty much about Led Zeppelin and how overblown they had gotten and how their hair was so flowing and how their guitars were turned up to 11 and how their pants were satin and um, other things I can't talk about from the pulpit. And they were all twee with references to English folklore and bustles in your hedgerows and stuff like that. So they had, the kids were like the opposite of that. They didn't have money for musical training. They didn't have money for satin pants. They didn't have the money for that long slog of unpaid effort that you have to have in order to get signed eventually by a big label. Am I right, musicians in the congregation? You only can make it really if you're rich enough to be poor for a really long time. So I'm just giving you, I know this is tremendously oversimplified. I'm not a culture analyst. I write a paper a week for you. So this is, take this in, in, um, in its context. So I'm just giving you an impression of what happened. But, so the kids were all like um, them. We are going to express ourselves. And being authentic is the main thing. And we're mad, so we're going to express our rage, and we're going to express the reality of our life, and we're going to look cool. And if you look cool, you can be in the band. You, need, you don't p- play an instrument? That. Just pick it up. Here's a chord. Here's another chord. Here's another one. You got three chords. You're good. Write a, write a song. Am I right? Okay. You want to put safety pins in your ear? Go ahead. Life is pain. Life is pain. Express it. We can take it. We can rise above. If you can shout, you can sing. Who needs long, croony, stairway to heaven songs? We're going to make our songs short and edgy and fast and loud. 
And if we sound aggressive to you, too bad. And we're going to sing with an edge in our voice and our songs are going to have an edge. And just because you have an edge doesn't mean you're mad. You can have an edge and be ecstatic. Our joy has an edge. If you can't tell the difference between our anger and our joy, whose problem is that? Too many bands were trying to be Led Zeppelin without the genius. They had the hair, they had the pants, they had the loudness, but they didn't have the genius. And so the fire was uh, burning low. And whenever the fire is burning low and there are too many pale imitations of a genius model, you get an uprising. You get anger and you get something different. Let me read you something from Ralph Waldo Emerson's Divinity School Address. Imitation cannot go above its model. The imitator dooms himself to hopeless mediocrity. The inventor did it because it was natural to him, and so in him it has a charm. In the imitator, something else is natural, and he bereaves himself of his own beauty to come short of another person's. So when you do things from your own soul, when they're natural to you, they have a charm. When you're imitating somebody else, you doom yourself to hopeless mediocrity. The whole Divinity School address, and the reason why he was never invited back to Harvard after he finished this, um, was that he pretty much named names of the churches who were pale imitations of the great. And he said, the fire on the altar has burned low, and it's going to take your spark, newly minted ministers, to create something new, to make it catch on fire again. Quit trying to be somebody else and speak your own truth. And to quote Emerson, quote, I hate quotations. Tell me what you know, end quote. Punk was a do-it-yourself movement. You can learn without being taken under the wing of a great teacher. You can figure it out for yourself. Are you an outcast from the mainstream? Be outcast then and enjoy the freedom of saying you. I don't want to be like you anyway. In In the U.S., the punks did not have the same economic despair of the punks in the U.K., In the U.S., though, and in the U.K., too, the kids had seen Watergate. Their trust in the government had been smashed. Their older brothers had gone to Vietnam. They didn't like the authorities. AIDS was beginning to kill gay men and would continue. And the government was going La, 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 la. I don't want to hear anything about that. I don't want to do anything about that. And so for years, men died. There was Three Mile Island. There was Chernobyl. Who knew how long the world would even last? We never know how long the world's going to last. 
But sometimes the veil that keeps us feeling secure is lifted just for a second before we go to sleep again. And the veil had been lifted. And there were a lot of outcasts in those days. All the time. There were a lot of outcasts. And so in small in small American towns, kids were waking up and going, hey, I like the Stones. I want to be in a band. I don't have to go to New York. I don't have to go to L.A. I can make a band right here. I can do it myself. The whole garage band movement was kids making a band in their garage, recording themselves, and the technology was starting to keep pace with the do-it-yourself ethos. And so you could make your own tapes. You could sell them to your friends. You didn't need a big record company to believe in you. And you didn't need a big studio, a fancy studio. You could, you could record yourself on tape. You'd be a musician. You had kids who were um, outcasts in their town, the gay kids... Uh, the gay black kids, the black kids who liked punk rock, um, the trans kids, they all just got to hang out together in the punk clubs. This alarmed the adults. But these kids today, they're always alarming the adults, and these kids today, they're always liking music that doesn't even sound like music. My dad told me that about James Taylor. (laughs) Come on. He's like, that's not singing. That's just intoning. The punk bands came out of the garage bands. They came out of um, the proto-punk bands like uh, Death and Bad Brains and other proto-punk bands that were come from the garage. And um, uh, <laughs> there was a band in Lexington, I hear from the culture scholar who lives with me, um, that was called LMNOP. And, I mean, the club was called LMNOP. The band was called The Thrusters. And it was uh, fronted by a drag queen named Bradley Picklesheimer. And Bradley's thing to say always and before they started playing was, Passion, not fashion. That's a pretty good motto. So in the early 80s, you started being able to make your own... um, by the mid-80s, you could make your own CDs, and the internet came, and then the do-it-yourself movement was completely supported by the technology. You could start distributing your own music. If you didn't know how to play the drums, you could just watch people on YouTube playing the drums, and you don't play guitar, who cares? Just watch somebody play the guitar and imitate what their fingers are doing. You can do that. You can, um, if you're a girl and people are telling you girls don't play guitars which they used to tell us. Girls don't play rock music. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I can learn how to play the guitar myself. Girls don't scream, Oh, yeah! Not only music, you could write your own poems and put them up, and people would read them. 
You could do your own art, put it up. People would see your art. You could publish your own music. You could you could make your own world. Once you have the internet, you can make your own world. People tried to do it before, but there were only like one or two people in each small town that were trying to make their own world. But once the internet came, you see other people trying to make their own world and you can do it with them. You don't like the way it is? Change it. So overlapping, I think, with the, or being the heirs of the punk movement now are the geeks and the nerds, the outcasts of uh, our society the last couple of decades. And then, so if you feel rejected by our culture's beauty standards, if you feel repulsed by our culture's values, make your own world. You can make a world of science fiction. You can make a world in anime. You can make a world of historical reenactment. Science fiction is not new, but dressing like science fiction characters... That's what the geeks and nerds are having fun with now. You dress up and act out the world you want. So you make a medieval life somewhat tweaked to reflect your modern sensibility. Or you make a Star Trek life. Or you make a manga life. And you can dress as superheroes or as a movie character or a character from a video game. You can have blue hair. You can have green hair. You can change the color of your eyes. You can wear whatever you want. And... If you are liking that way of transforming yourself, you can also kind of transform your gender. You can modify your body. You can get with other people at least twice a year or so who are doing the same thing. You can go to Comic Con or Dragon Con and you can be with other people who are dressed as superheroes and who are building their own world and who are, um, you know, making groups like the gender-bent Justice League, where you have uh, Superman and Batman <laughs> and scantily clad Wonder Man and Power Guy. So you want a world where females get to be clothed and still be heroes? Make your own. So what about our theology as punk? Well, we have a class called Build Your Own Theology. Make your own. Emerson also said, make your own Bible. Select and collect all the words and sentences that in all your readings have been to you like the blast of a trumpet. There are great philosophers and there are many pale imitations. There are great beatniks and then the pale imitations of the beatniks. And there were great hippies and then many pale imitations of the hippies, and great punks, and then many pale imitations. So our theology says, do what is you. Be an authentic voice. Tell the truth as you see it. Make your own. Don't let someone scoff at you for having a cafeteria theology. Oh, you just go down the line and pick out what appeals to you? What kind of theology is that? Them. We make our own theology. It's fine. They made their own too, only they're just imitating somebody 500 years ago who made their own. Don't let the fire on the altar burn out. 
The remedy for it, our friend Waldo says, is first soul and second soul and ever more soul. Will you please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish the chalice. We extinguish the flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. So often we find ourselves longing for someone to come rescue us. We find ourselves longing for something to happen that will make things different. Some people long for the world to end and Jesus to come back. We must just long for our own spirit to rise. Sometimes we help it rise by singing. Here's the benediction song. I'd like for you to sing it with me. The first part goes, We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. You can stamp your feet or you can just let me pound on the pulpit. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. Keep singing that. We are the ones. We are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting we are the ones we've been waiting for we are the ones we've been waiting for we are the ones we are the ones we've been waiting go in peace This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.